I think it's so. recording right now. Okay, so I want to talk about this. Could be filler bits. Um, I have no idea where he's going with this. Either I'm so excited. A little, so, little friend. So, <laughs> I, I I have two dogs for the for the listening public. Um, I have Buster, who is roughly six years old, four and a half, five, somewhere between four and a half and six. Um, he's a mastiff mix. He poops X. We have another dog that is an X is a volume. He produces X volume of poop. So it's a variable, is, yeah, not, a, is a, not a shape or a letter <laughs> or anything else like right. that. He, he's, not, he's not a Play-Doh fun factory. <laughs> this is, he's like a wombat. <laughs> just poops cubes. This is a math. This is a math equation of poop. Okay. <laughs> we uh, six about six months ago we acquired another dog, a puppy who is a golden doodle puppy by the name of Becky with the good hair. Wait, wait, wait. I thought she was a different mix. She's a golden doodle? Half golden doodle, half Irish setter. Okay. So she's a golden setter doodle. Um, Wouldn't that be an Irish golden setter doodle? <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it is a, uh, um, it is a drunken Irish doodle. <gasps> I love this name. Go anyway, on. Anyway, Becky with the good hair who weighs... 55 pounds now and is the exact same height as Buster who weighs 110 pounds. Becky produces poop. Why? Well, I mean, that's what happens after she eats. Right. I that, just, was a, that, was a, that was a joke. Right. So. But I, I am so, using this in a lesson just so you know. That's totally fine. <laughs> so, logically, the amount of poop produced would be X plus Y. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the amount of poop produced is X squared plus times y squared. There is an exponentially large amount of poop that is produced by these two dogs. I was really hoping you were going to say x squared plus y squared. Well, it could and be. Maybe like b and that equals b squared. And like, the it's Pythagorean, Pythagorean theorem. Poop. It kind of is. <laughs> a Pythag- you know what? We could go that route because it could be x squared plus y squared is b squared. Additionally, you could say x to the y power. That's, exponent, that's exponential. exponential. And so my thing is, is that if I, I, I have decided that, that dog poop production is exponential. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long, cold winter with a lot of snow. So it's, it's, it's really exponential when you don't pick it up. When the picking up is Z. <laughs> that's right. And Z is and zero. Z is zero. That's right. <laughs> there is no... Actually, the amount of time between pickups is 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 infinite. It's right. I. Yeah. Um, so maybe this mean, median, mode name is actually a <laughs> I, bit more I, fitting I, than necessary. Than, uh, originally I've been proven right in one day, and I'm so happy. <laughs> so I am... I need... A poop removal service because the teenager version has failed to produce results. The teenager version turned into a an adult version. But it turned into a college student who isn't here enough to justify picking up dog poop. So turns out uh, there are services. They are not very expensive, and they are worth every single penny you spend. They come in weekly. They uh, you know, so they turn that Z into a seven. And uh, every divide, seven days, you divide eight. it by that, and it's uh, it zeroes it out. It takes whatever that number is. Uh, I, I really want to get a, a a pooper scooper on for interview, and I have so many questions. Like the people who do that the, for a living. Like, is this just the best job ever? Like, you that just be. literally scoop poop, and people love you, and dogs love you, and 
And you can probably, it's probably a job that if you were a lover of the marijuana, you could do that job while stoned. And isn't there a medical condition where you can't smell things and it's even better? Like you just, like you can't smell. So head injuries, people who've been hit in the back of the head. I don't want to, you know, presume that people who pick up dog feces are, have a head injury. Well, I'm not saying that, but I mean, that's what the medical condition is. So I had a realtor who I really like this realtor. Um, but he had a medical condition from a head injury where he could not smell. So that is your anecdotal uh, uh, sample rate size of one, right? Is that per- that one particular person had, had a head no, injury no, that no caused- sense of smell from a head injury, right? So I believe there are several things. I think that's that, true. That I'm just saying that. that's where I went down that road. Anyway, he couldn't smell. He was showing us a house that had a sewer leak in mm. the basement. And he couldn't smell it, and we had to leave. It oh was so goodness. terrible. Oh man! So, so did he have any idea that there was a sewer leak? Nope. Oh, that's and that. So there's some. There wasn't even there. like an eye watering or anything. There was no, no other physical. No. Rea- no did, myself uh, and my ex-wife were both practically crying. It was mm-hmm. so terrible in the basement. We had to leave the house, and he was like, "I think this house is absolutely lovely." We were like, "That's great. You buy it. I can't step foot in here ever again." So, so I've just looked it up on, on the magic box, and it says that it is called anosmia. I am positive I'm not pronouncing that correctly. And it, or also known as smell blindness. And I really want to find the causes because it sounds kind of amazing. There, the list of causes is like, it's filling my laptop screen. Like, there are so many. Liver if you suffer disease. from anosmia, wow. we would love to have you on the show as a guest. I mean, yes. that's just going to be a weird string of parlor tricks as we go, hey, smell this. <laughs> hey, smell this. I, I think I can't smell that. And you go, well, smell this. And they go, well, I still can't smell that. That's oh. not all it's going to be. We're also going to ask them how they got it. I want to know. I want to find someone who has it because of cadmium poisoning, because that is apparently <laughs> one of the causes. What is cadmium? Well, like it's, a, it's a noble element. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's, it's the eggs. They just ate way too many Cadbury eggs. Like, these Robin's eggs are just so delicious. I'm going to poison myself. Yeah. Oh, see, now I feel a little bit sad because it's like, oh, common exposure in industrial workplaces. So you work hard for a living and now you can't smell. It's sad. Wah, wah. That sounded sarcastic, but it genuinely wasn't. No, like, it was I not. I genuinely do feel sad. Like, I was really looking for, like, something exciting and interesting, like... Some people eat cadmium like idiots, and that's kind of funny. Like and paint chips. Or like, they, no. like they have pica. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, I have to eat cadmium, otherwise the lizards in my brain won't be able to stay in their caves for long enough for me to go outside and harvest my the bounty of my ham tree or whatever the fuck people do. See, and I was kind of hoping <laughs> it was going to be something more like, you know, I... I I eat colloidal silver and colloidal cadmium because it'll turn save you me. blue. It, yes, colloidal silver will turn you blue. <laughs> yep. I had a friend who was tinged. No, really? Yeah, because um, he, he took colloidal silver. He absolutely believed it was going to keep him from ever getting an infection. An infection. And Obviously, I need colloidal silver. Did he, other than being turned blue and people thinking he was a moron, <laughs> did it work? No. Okay. (laughs) Surprising no one. I'm not surprised. All right. So this was a good story about dog shit. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm really happy with you guys. Um, 
That also is not sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are you guys are just fine. Okay, so <laughs> you guys talk shit so well. <laughs> so, uh, our format: we start off with something interesting that each of us wanted to share since the last episode. It's been so long. I did not bring anything. <laughs> I just shared dog shit. <laughs> I mean. I was just really excited because I started doing research for a segment on this, on this and was like, oh, and then there's like this thing that I think is really awesome and this thing. And so what I like, want to share is that just the act of looking for positive things was just triggered parts of my brain going, wait a minute, there's all this positive sh- stuff that's already going on in my head. <laughs> The self-edit is actually funnier than if you had just <laughs> cruised right past it. Yes, I have to self-edit all day, yeah. and so like, come three o'clock, it's just f-bombs all day. I have to self-edit with clients, but not not specific words that I can't say. I have to change with clients to be more conservative or less conservative. In order to match their tone on things, in, in your in your secret job, in my yeah, secret exactly. job, the, that I can't discuss. The, the job you are not talking about right now, right. and cannot talk about, right? Exactly. Right. Perfect. It, that was also my fault. I definitely brought up work. There's a clean cut right there. All right. Um, so, since Anna has, am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, <laughs> yes, and you would be shocked how often people do not pronounce that do you, correctly. Do you get Anna a lot? I get Anna and then Anne. Like, like you've <laughs> never read my, like I have it written down, it is in front of you. And it's, Anne. Uh... <laughs> well, and then if I, I get sick, which is frequently because I work with children, then I sound like I'm saying Amma, and then like people look at me funny when I'm ordering a coffee or something, and then they're like, oh, okay, like that's fine, you weirdo. I get my name... I mean, my name is Aaron. It's A-A-R-O-N. It's the only way boys spell the name Aaron 99% of the time. time. He, he, he saw my face and was like self-correcting. Like 99% of the time. And I'm like, because no. <laughs> yeah. Most <laughs> of the time. I get E-R-I-N uh-huh. a lot. Because that's phonetic. Yeah, but I'm like, I have There a wasn't penis. like a Q and a couple get, of numbers get, thrown get, in there? Because sometimes get, that should I, happen. Sometimes I get that. I get a lot of A-R-R-O-N. I've never met anyone who spells it A-R-R-O-N. But either. everybody wants to spell it A-R-R-O-N. R-N. And that sounds like an awesome name. Also, why would... Ed, okay. Nope. I have no I have no reason to understand why that would be the know. case. Also, Kean Pill had a very good sketch about this. Double oh, A yes. Ron, yes. A A Ron. A Ron, yes. Do, you don't get that ever, do you? Constantly. <laughs> that so, is a regular experience at the CrossFit gym. Since we are currently talking about names, mm-hmm. my name is Matt. The first letter of my last name is S. That will come into play later in this story. Um, when I was in elementary school, there were I think Eight other mats somewhere in your around grade me. or in in, the, oh. in my classroom. Wow, there were like eight other mats, and all but one of them was named Matt S. So we didn't even get to go with our last initial. It wasn't. So and were there? Were you all mats or were there Matthews and oh, Matties? Oh, we were all. Well, no, there were. There were Matts and some Matthews and some, but we all answered to all of them because 
No, for some reason, Matt and Matthew is one of those names that are absolutely interchangeable for everybody. You say, hi, I'm Matthew. And they go, oh, okay, Matt. And you go, that literally isn't what I said, but there's no point in agreeing. So when people are like, which do you prefer? I go, it doesn't matter. You'll say whichever one you choose to say. That's that's on you. So professionally, it's Matthew, but for friends, it's Matt. And for other things, it's Matt. I don't know what they're other thing is I don't know why I made that weird but you're welcome enjoy I, that I'm just listening and, and, and watching the, the de-evolution of but, this, but yeah, <laughs> story. this is this is this is how so, uh, sorry, go on stories fall apart um but yeah that was rural Iowa lots oh, of Matt S's so, so there are and I have two biblical names in my name what is your middle name, name? Jacob? Jacob yeah we must know that for some reason I have two <laughs> biblical names as well so, yeah. what's what's your other biblical? Name? Paul. I was gonna go with Patricia for some reason. <laughs> Don't know no. why. No. I, I was I, I was given the same initials as my grandmother, so I have my mother's maiden name as my middle name. So I do not share that because is often the answer. Is it Gertrude? Absolutely not. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's not a last name. Oh. Oh, your middle name is a last name. What is your middle name? I'm not telling you on the podcast. I told you my middle name. Yeah, because you guys are fools. <laughs> we are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Privacy be damned. <laughs> it's okay. I always have my middle initial in my name, and if it, there's only like a couple of super Bible names, and I did it's yeah. very easy to guess. Name, so. Good idea. Yeah, and since my last name is pretty unique, it would be pretty easy to find me. So, so my favorite nor- name's Nerm. Nerm, Nerm, My favorite Nerm, Nerm. My favorite name story that I have is that uh, I introduced myself to a, a classmate of mine when I was in high school. I was like, oh, hello, it's nice to meet you. My name is Anna. And I don't know if I, like, said it too fast or what. And he was like, Yetta, that's a weird name. And I'm like, that is absolutely not what I said. That has been my gamer tag since like freshman year of high school. That's in your email address. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't finish the rest of her email address. <laughs> We're bad at talking about ourselves. <laughs> we are way too good at disclosing. And Anna's home address is the last four of my social is. <laughs> like, hold on, hold on. My mother's For name, name and my credit card number are. Gotta, gotta watch how much you're uh, consuming in the alcohol department before right. you share right. some of this. Right. Okay, so do we want to uh, um, get into format? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We've talked, we've disclosed too much information <laughs> and discussed dog shit. So <laughs> we're good. We have we disclosed. We have go just, ahead and move into just the, the right amount of information. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. There's. And, and Matt will bleep out the parts that are important to bleep. Like Straight his up, own, cut him. Yeah. <laughs> like his own middle name. <laughs> uh, okay, so what are we doing now, Matt? Fearless leader. Oh, I don't have my thing open. Uh, by that I mean phone. That's the <laughs> thing. Um, so the news, the uh, the 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 news. Let's uh, since Anna brought news, Anna. Sure. I brought news. You brought subject for us to discuss. Are Interesting. I'm just- oh, sorry. Um, interesting thing that we wanted to share. Okay, sure. Which n- newsy a little like inf- information? Okay, so are, are we getting into the the David Byrne thing? Heck yeah, we are. Okay, so this was this was like uh, you guys are in for kind of a treat as far as 
just how appropriate this is to our, our podcast. Awesome. So this was all, all begun because we were trying to figure out, like, what do we all need to experience? And Matt was like, watch this now. Watch the David Byrne from uh, SNL. And that sent me down somehow a rabbit hole to discover, oh, yeah. We were discovering the backup dancers. Yeah, yes, we were talking about the backup dancers and, and the backup were, singers. They, they were, were amazing. And one of the backup uh, dancers was particularly compelling. And I'm going to forget his name, so someone should look that up because I did not write it down. And he deserves uh, a shout out. He's the one who looked like... Um, don't. Okay. Looked, I can't remember his name now. I'm, uh, uh, so I'm going to describe Aaron him. Aaron is very bad at names, so this is always going to be an ongoing thing. Um... That's what, that's why research and notes are important, which is why I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for not writing it down. So he has shocking orange hair, mm-hmm. like striking makeup, and just like the most joyful presence on stage. Yeah, I was excited to be there. Yeah, like he was, he, I kept Excellent. looking at him instead of David Byrne every time he showed up. Yes. So, I mean, that, that, that's a very compelling human being. So anyway, it sent me down a rabbit hole of being like, what, what's David Byrne up to? Like, most of the time you show up on SNL because, you know, you're... you're you're doing something current. You're you have something to kind of promote. Um, so David Byrne for listeners at home who may not be as old as we are or as young as we are might not know that he uh, he headed the band Talking Heads. Um, and I should introduce him as Academy Grammy Golden Globe and Rock of Hall Fame member uh, David Byrne at 67 years old. This, this dude has done some D- stuff. Done, yeah, he's done the thing. He like, is accomplished. Fudge, yes. See, look at me editing myself. Um, and then I did some research, so I'm just going to give you guys some background because, like, you know, you should you should know who you're talking about. Uh, he was born in Scotland, so he's like dual citizen. Uh, Scottish in America. Well, or Britain, you know. Okay, well, I wasn't sure. UK. Seen. Okay. Uh, went to Can- Connecticut, Canada. <laughs> For those those of you spent some time in Canada, and then ended up in in the United States because you know that's where the party is. Um, And of course, I already mentioned he's famous for being part of the Talking Heads from the nineteen seventies, which is why you know a lot of us uh, young people listening at home might not know know who he is. And uh, after that, he ended up having this giant solo career, career where like I don't think most people I know paid any attention. You guys. His solo career after no. that. No, he did something with Brian Eno at some point in time. We, he pretty much has done things with Brian Eno like over and over again throughout his career, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Uh, so I have an update. The backup dancer is Chris Giarmo. Yes. Chris oh my gosh. Giarmo. Spelled G I G I A R M O. Yes. Giarmo. Follow him. He's he seems like an up up and cover to me. Does he, is he on the gram? He is on Instagram. Yep. I'm gonna look him up on the Instagram. So I found out all sorts of interesting things when I was doing my, my deep dive into Wikipedia. Um, he collaborated with Selena, which is pretty awesome. I don't know if anyone here has watched Selena. No? Okay, fine. My, my audience of two beardy white guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Are you about. talking about the Mexican singer? Yeah. 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 Who was killed by a stalker? Yes. The head of her fan club? Yes. I have no idea who Selena is. Look at him proving me wrong. With his, with his dead-eyed stare. Anyway, uh, he ended up doing a whole lot of other collaborations, and one of the reasons why I'm a huge fan of his, besides Talking Heads, uh, he he collaborated with St. Vincent, who is mm-hmm. just, I mean... Just the cat's pajamas. Just awesome, yeah. I mean, j- j- flippin' amazing. Yes. Um, and the, on the uh, album Love This Giant, 
with my favorite song of all time, probably, which is Who. Uh, and I love it to pieces. Anyway, I'm going to move on a little bit from the background. So the thing that he's doing right now, he came out with a, an album in like 2012 called American Utopia. Uh, I will, uh, full disclosure, I listened to it and um, not a huge fan. Okay. I'm going to be honest. It wasn't for me. But, you know, technically awesome. Just a little, um, like I love his upbeat stuff. I love mm-hmm. all his brassiness. I love when he's being super energetic and this stuff's a little bit more downbeat. Um, but anyway, so American Utopia is part of a bigger project and this is the part that I'm like super flipping excited about because of what we're doing with this podcast and that is that it, American Utopia is part of a bigger project of his, bigger art project called Reasons to be Cheerful. Yay! Awesome. Like, like, holy Toledo, I looked this up. It is, so the website is just lists of things to be happy about. So useful right now. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, great. I love I, it. That's I, phenomenal. I, I just, I mean, I can't even, it's like he's tapped into what I think a whole lot of human beings on the planet right now are feeling, which is, we've got all this existential crisis. We've got, you know, the earth being something to worry about. We've got politics to be something to worry about, like conflict. It's so much to be concerned about. And then he's trying to bring in, you know, straightforward reasons to be cheerful. I, I think the word you're looking for is Weltschmerz. I, I was is, not looking for that, okay. but but I mean. Is that a German word? Yeah. What does it mean? I'll look it up. Wait, wait, but you just used it, the sentence. I, it means exactly what I mean it to mean. And I think it's what you're describing. Hold on a second. I know lots of words and I can use them correctly, but I don't always know all of the definitions. I just usually know the definitions. That's fair. I get asked definitions of words all the time at work. And sometimes I'm like, well, I use it all the time, but I've never been asked like to describe it. Vel- I have that problem. Veltschmerz is a feeling of melancholy and world weariness. So uh, the opposite of that. So, so he, is, he is combating. Yes, he is combating Veltschmerz. I'm, I'm, I would repeat that word, but... Velschmerz? Vel, yeah. Velschmerz? I will... I will W-E-L-T-S-C-H-M-E-R-Z. That is your vocab word of the day, is Velschmerz. Excellent. We worked it in. So We crammed it right in there. In the so, maw. So just as an example, and I feel like we could mine this for, for, for delightful, joyful conversation forever, but just as a local piece... Um, so the website, he has articles. I say he, I'm sure he's collaborating with lots of people. Different authors are part of this, but sometimes it's, it's him. David Burns writing an article about something he thinks is, is something to be cheerful about. And there's one about how, um, there is a brewery that's using the, Beer bubbles to grow pot. I have to confess, I did not fully read this article because I didn't have time, <laughs> so I can't describe it super we- super super well. But it's here in Colorado, so like, you know, hey, we're, on, we're on the map for being someplace positive. Yeah. Besides, just you know, I mean, if you're gonna grow weed, do it in beer bubbles. That's yeah. just the only logical next step. But I mean, the, I I'm ahead. so excited because you sent me a text this morning. I think it was this morning. I don't know. The concept of time eludes me. It was before middle school lunch. Okay. Um, 
So you sent me a text that said, oh my goodness, this David Byrne thing has so much in common with what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And this was after the conversation we had about trying to have a podcast and a network of positive things because, but I'm, I'm so glad that he's tapped into the zeitgeist and we're tapped into the Mm -hmm. zeitgeist and this is what needs to be happening now. And I'm glad that, that he is doing it and I hope. Uh, I'm trying to be a part of that. I didn't even know what was going on. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, and that, that was really what triggered like a whole brainstorm for me thinking about things that I consume on a regular basis and how much of it is really about that. It's really about combating this ennui that we experience yeah. day after day. And I, I didn't even realize how much I surround myself by, you know, with people and, and projects that are, are doing exactly that. Yep. And, and, you know, being act, actually taking the time to think about it and process it was just, even in the, the 30 minutes That's, that I had to do this was kind of phenomenal. So it sounds to me like, I mean, this, the David Byrne stuff is awesome. I think that's really cool. And, and the mission statement of what he's doing is awesome. If you had to boil it down to, like, what was your favorite takeaway from you did a ton of research, I know, and I and maybe that's not a fair question, but like, what was the, was there a particular piece of art or a particular piece of information or something that he's done or channeled that really spoke to you the most? Um, actually, it was a quote, not by David Byrne, but so on the, the webpage, when I was doing the re- research about his project and about specifically American Utopia, which not only is an album, but it's also a a Broadway performance that is choreographed. Yeah, I believe it's a stage, there's a stage presence to yes. it. Yes, so the the backup singer, um, and him and, and a young lady who I, I really should have looked up her name as well. Um, Give me just a second, I'll do that while you're talking. Great. The African-American woman? Yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, she was uh, also amazing. She was also amazing. She just, I mean, that, that, that the ginger-haired fellow was just... Yeah, he stole the show. Yeah. Uh, we all just eyeballs to him. Um, but there's a quote about it from a gentleman called Michael Brown, He's credited as a 12th grade vocal performance student, and he says, American Utopia? Maybe it means togetherness, like a group effort. We're all in this thing together, and we just need to know that. That's extraordinary. Like, that's that's like, you know, tear to my eye, kind of, like, just beautiful, because we are. Like, I, I remember growing up with a lot of messaging about, um, world peace was a big thing when I was a kid, Greenpeace was huge. There was a lot of movement towards living in a greener world. And I feel like, you know, after 12, that just fell right off the map. Yeah, definitely after high school, that definitely drops off. I mean, there's definitely like a survival of the fittest thing going on after that. But yeah, the entire notion and concept of, you know, self-made millionaires and rugged individualism Mm -hmm. and, you know, lone genius thing that is glorified in our country at this point in time is something that is pretty misguided at best and a you know cultural delusion in in my opinion because that doesn't exist no one gets where they're going in total isolation it's it's all about the people they surround themselves with and the opportunities that are afforded to them the privilege that they're offered and the you know the the role for charisma that they do at the beginning of each life and those kinds of things. Um, you know, there are s- countless different nice scenarios. D&D reference, by the way. You're welcome. Okay. So 
that isn't a complete thought. I'm just going to stop it there. I could keep talking about that for a while. Um, that entire notion of uh, positivity and group work and that no one gets anywhere on their own. People fail all the time on their own, but people don't have the successes that they that are glorified in this country. Success takes teamwork. Success always takes teamwork. No one has done it by themselves. Not a single person. No. Um, it's kind of like the, and I don't mean to go down a negative road, um, but the, uh, remember the show Newsroom? Yep. Remember oh, the, yeah. the very first episode of Newsroom and they're talking and he's talking about American exceptionalism mm-hmm. and he does that. I don't know whose phone that was that dinged. It wasn't, but I haven't heard my phone in like a couple decades. So it's, it's it probably my iPad over my there, phone. Oh, okay. but, or your work phone. But anyway, so he, he, he goes, goes <laughs> off that tirade, tirade about American exceptionalism yep. and it's kind of like that, but I don't want to go down that road because that's a little on the negative. Yeah. Side. So to change subjects, just a scotch, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. The other backup singer-dancer is, and I'm going to not get this right because there's not a phonetic spelling here, and I mean no offense with the way I'm pronouncing this, but it's Tendayi Kumba. It's T-E-N-D-A-Y-I-K-U-U-M-B-A. So hang on one second. I want you to spell that again. She was a great, she did a great job in the SNL performance, I believe. I believe she was on. Spell spell her name one more time, please. T-E-N-D-A-Y-I. New word, K-U-U-M-B-A. So this is what I, this is what I'm hoping to do is is. to shine a light on performers and, you know, share people who've done a really good job and are doing something nice and great and positive. I found her on uh, Instagram as well. And she, yeah, that looks like her. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal. And that that's one of the things that's amazing about artists like David Byrne. He can he now uses his platform platform to, to like uplift assemble others. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good good people. I'm sorry. I spoke all over what you were saying. No. We agree, so it is fine. Yeah. Concur. But yeah, so I didn't really have anything other than that to add um, because I that his career is so gigantic that you could just dive into it and be amazed. But this current project, you know, like I said, is just, it triggered something in me that is just absolutely like, I just want to dive into more of this positivity around in the positivity of it all. Yeah. Just like, Oh, what else is going on? That's so cool. And you pull from his performances that I mean, you always think of the old days of Talking Heads when we were, when I was little, and it was like, oh, here's this guy who's dancing in a suit that's too big for him and singing a kind of an interesting song. But I feel like, you know, time later looking at things, you realize that the message delivered is awesome, and the delivery itself is incredible, and. I just love it. Very oh, good yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, and you think about uh, when I when I hear a lot of critiques of what's happening currently, what artists are doing now, there tends to be a lot of it, it, like we have so many opportunities to critique other people's work. We don't just sit back and enjoy it for what it is. You know, right. like there, there are some things that are there are so many things that are wrong with every piece of media we consume that we can nitpick it to death. But we're just I, I feel like in a lot of respects we're, we're critiquing artistry 
to death. Well, and that's, yeah. uh, I, I agree with that sen- sentiment. I, you know, when you, th- critique has a place, but uninformed critique or opinion-based critique tends, uh, tends in my opinion, to come off oftentimes as uh, petty and jealous a little bit, where, you know, people can't celebrate that somebody made that movie. Somebody took the time to make that movie. And if it was bad, there's there's probably a lot of reasons why it was bad. And it, not all of it is in the director's control. They may have had budgetary issues or studio issues or executives got involved. And there's a litany of different reasons. Or they wrote a bad script, but they got enough people on board that they were able to get a budget and produce it. You know, sometimes the act of producing something, most of the time, the really harsh critics who like to tear things down, in my observation, have been people who didn't get to do the thing they wanted to do. Uh, Game critics, you know, everybody wants to make games and everybody has an opinion why a game is quote unquote trash. Maybe it's not a game for you. Maybe it's a game for someone else. And people regularly underestimate the value of a target audience that is not them. Oh, absolutely. And so when people can't empathize with why someone else will like a thing, they just go, oh, well, that's trash. And to just dump things out in that way is a little short-sighted and tells more about the person making the critique than about the person who created the the piece of art. I've seen good art. I've seen bad art. I've seen art that was lazy. I've seen art that was carefully thought through when I was in school, in art school. You see people and you know when people have a concept, when they care, when they have a, a reason why they're doing what they're doing. And you also see people who just are going through the motions because that they don't have a voice yet and they're not, they haven't found it yet. And sometimes they find it and sometimes they don't. And helping people find a voice is more important than just saying you make crap art. The thing you make is shit. Stop. Right. And um, which, which just, I, I have to, as a side note, I totally have another thing to share at some point. That sweet. A hundred percent related to this. So, okay. Uh, not um, right now, but but just so you know, like there, there are people out there who, who 100% agree with us, who are more interested in lifting people up, especially artistically, than tearing them down. And I'm, I'm more, most interested in how we, how we participate in that uplifting process. Sure. I can, I can share a personal anecdote of growth in this regard. So I was in school. I went to art school, went to regular college. I went to bunch of colleges. Um, college was good. I, I enjoyed that. Could have kept doing that for a little bit longer. But anyway, um, in one of the art schools, there was a photography department. And the photography department, um, in my opinion at the time, was full of pretentious camera owners, not artists. And my concept on photography as a medium has been for a long time that there are no photographers. There are artists. I am sorry. What the absolute fuck are you doing? I'm sorry. I was trying to close a window. I apologize. Okay. 
<clears throat> I'm listening to you. I apologize. So my thought on this was that there weren't photographers. There were artists who were competent in, in art, and they were capable of art. They were capable of framing. They were capable of composition. They were capable of subject placement. They were capable of traditional art concepts. And their chosen medium, as opposed to paint or charcoal or digital, was photography. That was my thesis. It was backed up by my anecdotal immediate experiences in school. So I actually wrote photography off as not a valid medium for myself. I just went, you know what? I am so tired of these exact same people taking the exact same pretentious photos, doing the exact same thing, and it's insulting and it's juvenile and I hate it. And that was my stance on this for a long time. So I classified it as not a real medium. I classified it as, there aren't photographers, I said it already, there aren't photographers, there are artists who own cameras, and then there are camera owners who may not be artists. And those two different types of people make different types of content. And most people who are in one of those camps think they're in the other, and they don't have the skills to back it up. That was my experience, that was my anecdotal, so, uh, uh, thesis on that. Um, so I just ignored photography. I ignored cameras. I just went, that is not for artists. That's for, uh, technical assemblers. Let's call it. There's, you know, there's not artistry there. Um, and I've changed my mind on that a lot in the past couple years. Um, to very much respect, understand, and comprehend that it is actually a unique medium. It is actually a unique skill set. And there are different levels of competency there. And it's not technical. It is it is like how a mechanic gets better at their own toolbox. They build their toolbox better, differently, more specialized, more diverse, whatever the end result is. And so it becomes less about the equipment and more about the vision of the person doing so. And it is a unique medium that is separate from uh, pastels and um, I mean, even the difference between videography and photography and each of those things. But I had written it off as a non-nuanced just playtime. Just art is just photography is photography is photography is what you mean. No, I I delegitimized it in that it wasn't art. It was rote mechanical. It was it was the documentation of art potentially, but it in itself was not art. And that's where I categorized it for myself. And I have changed that position. I have grown to appreciate photography in so far as I have purchased cameras and lenses for myself and started treating it as something different as a creative outlet, um, as an artist. Um, so I don't have to relearn the basics of, of art and composition, um, but I have to relearn how to apply it to this distinct, unique medium. So that's, that's my story of growth. Uh, 
and gives a little bit of backstory. But I think that's a positive thing Absolutely. is being able to admit being wrong about something even for a long time. I was wrong about it for a long time. I've been out of school for uh, 17 years to something like that. A long time. Uh, pushing two decades. I've been out of school and only in the past couple of years have I even allowed myself the opportunity to change my perspective on this. So makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. my journal entry for this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt's journal entry well, segment. I mean, I've done many, I mean, it's funny. I, I feel like my, my view on art has changed a lot over the years. Um, I used to regularly make the statement of, and it's forgive me. Um, I would say I'm more autistic than artistic. And I know that. Do, do we have to forgive you for that, or yeah, can we just I, move the fuck on? Well, let's move. But I'm saying I used right. to, I used to say that, and I thought oh, it was. Oh, that's your growth. That's your. This is your growth opportunity. Cool. I will. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not interrupting that. <laughs> Keep going. I used to make that statement, and and for me, that was more a matter of. I never thought I was artistic. I never thought I was an artist in what I do because I don't put pen to paper, and I don't paint, and I don't do photography, and I, and I don't, but. I think what I real what I've learned over the years is that there's art in everything we do. And, oh yes, and creativity and I spin a good yarn. I'm I like to tell a story. I like to sh- I like to educate and talk and cook and everything I do. Um, and so the the autistic over artistic was never meant as a slight to autism it was just meant that I was always saw myself as more focused on factual and less on the creative and I realized that's not the case and everything really intersects I I, I agree I don't want to interrupt you no go I was just gonna say that there was a there's a a tendency I don't know you guys tell me what your experience was growing up to sort of classify ourselves into right brain versus left brain Absolutely. Like I, yeah. I, I remember there that being a big thing. posters everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that was a thing for a long time. Like you, what are you? Are you right brain or left brain? Like, oh, I identify as, you know. And are you an INTJ, ETFB? Yeah, the, the Myers. BYOB, whatever. The Myer, yeah. Myers-Briggs personality test, yeah. Myers-Briggs. GTFO, mm. whatever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's making pained noises. Yeah, my, that is uh, oh, I hate astrology those. for... I don't know. Yeah. I find that to be a... Uh, I am vigorously nodding my head in agreement with you. I don't... I don't know if that's a thing or not. That's my summary on that. It is and used I'm, in... So my experience with the Myers-Briggs stuff is that in business and in sales culture for years, they love to make people in sales roles take these personality exams to determine where they fall on the Myers-Briggs list and then tell you that this is how you are supposed, how you are good or bad at your job based on where you fall in the Myers-Briggs. Yeah, and now it's like, what color is your parachute? And- yeah. Right. And I was a red, I was an upper right red ETF whatever and Basically, what it said about me was that if Aaron thinks you're full of shit, he's going to tell you. Well, anybody who knows me that if, that knows that if I think you're full of shit, I'm going to tell you you're full of shit. And it was a ridiculous waste of my day. 
all I've observed the my. I'm sorry, I'm not going to talk into the microphone, not use it. That will help <laughs> next to my ear. I'm holding it next to my ear. Um, <laughs> all I've seen the Myers-Briggs personality test used for is uh, weaponizing excuses for why people have negative characteristics. They go, well, I am I can just be a jackass because I'm a this. And you go, hold on. That's astronomy. Astrology? Astrology. If it was astronomy, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I actually know the difference. I just misspoke. It's okay, because when, when you said that, I was definitely going, uh, <laughs> wait, now which one is it? I know this. So it's, it's astrology. It's, well, I get to park wherever I want because I'm a Pisces. And you're like, none of that is correlated. What the fuck are you doing? You're just, just a jerk. You you're just a, an asshole. You are an asshole and go, it's okay, I'm a blonde. It's no different than that. It's not... Blonde. You get what I'm saying, though. Every, everyone should know that I am genetically blonde. I don't know. I have weird hair. But that's the whole point is that hair color doesn't yeah, mean shit. Exactly. It does not dictate your personality in exactly the same way as astrology doesn't in exactly the same way that the Myers-Briggs. It, it does not. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. And so I, I completely agree with you. It's, it's people finding legitimate, and I'm using big bunny ear air quotes, that finding legitimizing re- things to reinforce their negative personality traits. It's the exact same thing as measuring someone's head to determine... Phrenology. Phrenology, oh, yeah. love phrenology. It's just I, like the most... I, I love that as like an object lesson in psychology to be like, so this is what we used to believe. Yeah. So think about whatever it is you're learning because it might just be phrenology. But I actually have a phrenology head in my office at, at work. And I Do point to it and go, really? that's how people... I have a phrenology head. Oh, like one of the diagrams, the poster? No, or you have a, a physical, physical, like you can touch it? sculpture. Yes. Yeah, I, I have that. a phrenology head in my office. Okay, so cool. So I, I'm so sorry. I wanted to interrupt you because I was just so desperate to be like, yes, I know this feeling because I grew up super hyper blonde and eventually that just changed because I don't know how this works. Um... And so I know like all the blonde jokes and I despise the whole idea that oh, just because I'm blonde, I'm supposed to be stupid. Well, you know, it's the same with being big. Yeah. I'm, I am a adult and a lunkhead and a, a bumbling doofus. That's, that's my job is to be the, um, Lenny pet the bunny. That's, that's how most people approach me. And then I talk and they go, wait, you don't, you aren't what I, I thought you were just going to make guttural grunting sounds. I assumed you were just a professional wrestler. It's so weird because, so what I say to a lot of people is like, everyone's big to me. Like everyone's tall to me. So everyone's tall to me as well, by the way. (laughs) I am, I am, (laughs) I am most likely the largest person most people have ever met, either height or size. You definitely. I'm not sure the largest person I've ever met, but you are the largest person I am friends with. I don't know if that's true. I have to. I'll have to catalog my brain. But I, I've met professional football players aplenty. So yeah, you. you, you I'm you, bigger than most of them. Okay. You definitely put one of my former coworkers at, at, to a test, but he was he was gigantic, also a former football player. Mm. But. I can't remember what points we were making. I don't know. Uh, Tangent. Phrenology, Myers-Briggs. Oh, Myers-Briggs. Oh. Oh, the blonde jokes that you were. Oh, I just, the one that sticks out in my head is like, why do blondes wear shoulder pads? And then you go, I don't know. And then you hit your head to either side. You you guys remember these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that joke. Yeah, because you made them to little girls because you were were teasing them. You thought they were cute. I did not. Liar. My mother would have kicked my 
ass. Um, Samesies. My mom is blonde. Oh. My mom is a feminist, and I love my mother, and my mother would kick my ass. So how do you know those jokes? Because other uh, people told them. They existed in the in the world. They were in the ethos. Children were mean little fuckers, and... It's said, true. I'm just, I'm just trying to catch to you out. I was subject of many mean jokes as a child. Um, like what? So, well, okay, I mean, my last name lends itself to a lot of terrible jokes. That That is fair. Um, I immediately um, came up with like 10. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not a bully. And <laughs> there was... Because and, I'm absolutely not a bully. And there was also, I mean, there was always, there's, there's always subtle anti-Semitism in a lot of things. So that came across as well. So I was always very cognizant of that. To not be that guy. Not be the bully? Not be the bully. Okay. I was actually <laughs> concerned you were saying not be... Like, I'm, just, I'm no, trying no, to no, be no. stealth. Like my, my, yes, I, I decided to fight being bullied by being a bigger <laughs> bully. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> so I was always very careful of that. Yeah. I have... Um, when I was 12, I was bigger than all of the teachers. And... That didn't go well. Mm. Uh, I also, uh, so I, I actually never cared about the other kids. I never really talked with them or interacted with them, but I did fight with teachers because I was the little brainy know-it-all jerk face. And And you also could see the tops of their heads. And I could correct them when they said incorrect things because I had already read the textbook because I was an overachiever. Matt's so smart. I'm not smart. I am, uh incapable of sitting still long enough to not consider I, I, unquenchable thirst for knowledge and uh it is uh a distraction from what i'm usually doing so See, i just i just always have always made friends with the biggest kid in school and i still do that as a teacher i'm like oh tall person please get that for me because i am so short and they're like oh miss you are so small you just said your last name I'll bleep it. Thank you. Uh, you Miss so and so. Yeah, you you are very small with an O. Yep, with an O. S-M-O-L. But there's some some but folks. But your I attitude would... is huge. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do have a little bit of a Napoleon complex. That's okay. No. M- most of my friends in middle and high school were uh, the smallest people, and uh, the the traditionally weakest people, um, because I. I like to protect people. See, and I was just more like, I this person who is being alienated by everybody else because everyone else thinks they're scary. I'm like, you're all big to me. So, this <laughs> so is a no, little bigger isn't yeah, this more is, yeah, problematic. Yeah, this makes no difference. You just can reach a <laughs> little bit higher shelf. Yeah, like you could just hand that thing to me. Yeah. Totally. I have shelves in my own kitchen that I can't reach. It's just the way my world is. I'm used to being short. It doesn't bother yeah. me. I've seen you ride a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) I only need one toe to touch the ground at a stoplight, and I'm fine on a motorcycle. You develop that perfect balance where you have to have no toes down. I sometimes stop. I mean, just like kick the legs out side to side. Disobey all physics. Don't even take a leg off. Like a a gyroscope. (laughs) My motorcycle is incredibly tall, and so you know the BMW GS Adventure definitely sits high. And there's there are times when I'm like. 
just both feet kind of jiggling. Trying the to pantomime does not play for the podcast, he's, but he's, he's doing a leg wiggly thing. Yeah, both Sorry. feet up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> like a little kid. We'll, we'll do your color commentary for you. Keep doing I the pantomime that. stuff. It's, it's hilarious. Yes, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I think that like, I don't know if it's a male versus female thing, but all the women I know who ride, who are short, which is most of them, like have no qualms about, I will get the short one, I will get this lowered, like... I'm not going to get some gigantic beast. There is certainly a level of confidence that comes with planting your heels on the ground when you come to a stoplight. Yeah, like I like my first solo long ride, I like put my foot in a cattle grate and I was like I'm getting a lowered bike after this. Like this is ridiculous. Not to say that it is inherently a woman who needs more confidence riding a motorcycle. I think everyone should be more confident riding a motorcycle. Men suffer from machismo issues. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can do this. I I just need a toe to put down. Well, which is exactly how I am. <laughs> I dropped, I've dropped my very tall motorcycle several times because I stopped on a bit of a hill. <laughs> Sorry. And clutches are hard. <laughs> no, no, the image of my head is just perfect. A bit of a hill at a sideways oh, angle. And so your leg got under you. Yeah. It was, so I was you at a, reach and went, I was there at was nothing 40, there. You know, yeah. I, it, uh, the, the hill's at like a 12 degree angle and I'm on the, and I'm parallel across it and I go to put my foot down, which adds an extra five inches to the amount of ink, amount of lean on my motorcycle and that shit's going over. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I'm just like, well. Good thing you could pick it up. Well, Sometimes. Um, sometimes you need help. Sometimes I have to like spin it and then lift it and so, t- take all the gear and, off of it. And uh, r- like just wreck the panards and... Well, it's got it's got crash bars. Okay. So, so I have and a they've g- got nice grind marks on them already from this kind of thing happening. I have a gender related question. Like, so I have dropped my motorcycle a couple of times mm-hmm. and like it is like a swarm of bees of people that show up to like help me. Mm-hmm. Do you experience that? Yes, I do. Okay. So it depends. Um... You get two groups of people when you drop your motorcycle. You get the guy, there's the men who want to show what who want to just muscle your motorcycle from the ground with no understanding of how to pick up a 750 pound vehicle. You know, mechanical advantage and right mm-hmm. guys, yeah. guys who think that I I lift weights, I can pick up this 700 pound bike, and they hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And you've got. Then you have the, the second group of people is the guys who understand mechanical advantage and understand like the right way to do it. But they are usually swarmed by the first group of guys who just want to show off. Just want to show the, off the prove it tryhards. Right. And then the <laughs> third group is the ones that just want to stand there and stare and watch and laugh at you. Maybe they're trying to learn something. Maybe give them a little bit of benefit of doubt as they anticipate someday That's dropping the, their bike. That is the fourth group, okay. which is the people who are like. Ooh, how I'm not sure this. what to do, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch for a second and decide. And while they're busy deciding, the third group is laughing, the second group is levering, and the first group is breaking a bone, right? So or pulling a muscle. Yeah, I think that's. Meanwhile, right. I sometimes haven't gotten out from underneath the motorcycle yet, and they are throwing me around like a ragdoll. So that is unfortunate. It is such is life. Now I realize that this story makes me sound like I am a. Terrible like, motorcycle. I have a terrible motorcycle. <laughs> no, no. I, I feel like this makes it makes you sound like you you have no, you know, illusions about any of this. My motorcycle is too no, no tall ego. for me, and I have known this since the day I bought it. And I bought it. Um, 
16 years ago. So for 16 years, I have felt that my motorcycle was too tall for me. And for 16 years, I've been like, I will soon... Were you secretly hoping you would grow into it? No. (laughs) No, I am 45, which means when I bought this, I was 29. I I figured I was done growing. Uh, You were 29. That's all that needs to be said. You just went, I'll figure out how to do, I'll just maneuver this physically impossible thing to. I have to say, so my motorcycle training course I, the woman who was my instructor was probably at least a couple inches shorter than me and like put away all the motorcycles that we were riding on. And yeah, like most of them were teeny tiny, but but still teeny tiny little old lady. Like she had to be in her sixties doing this class. She is my hero. I want to be here when I grow up. Like an amazing lady, but yeah, she could throw motorcycles around all day. I bet she knew exactly how to mechanically advantage to oh, get them yeah, to do yeah. exactly she, she what knew, she wanted. She, or she, she took off the, her shirt and she's just like She-Hulk. She knew the she no she knew the the angles. She could grab yeah. it, knew how where to lean, and it. Yeah. yeah. This is a bearing. This is a lever. If I do this, yeah, fulcrums. Fulcrums. Yes. And, there you go. Look, we yeah. all know physics words. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I cannot contribute to this. My bike has never been down. Well, have you ever? Yeah, because you what? Can, can, you like can sit on the ground from yours. Like you're yeah, just like, I, like you your knees are it, up. I ride it in uh, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but but like, let's talk about it the other way. Have you? I'm sure. I'm sure you've gotten on motorcycles that were obscenely too small for you. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I actually there's a photograph somewhere of me on a Honda. 650, a CBR 6, is that a 650? Something around there. So you looked like a monkey having intercourse with the football. Yes. Okay. Why, um, why is that the go-to? I, that's that's, that's so what everyone yes. says. You're, you're entire, I'm, I'm, I'm doing No, 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 no I don't mind. We are not going to describe this pantomime. This is rhetorical. Okay, <laughs> so the interesting thing was we showed the photo to one of our mutual friends and they said, how did you get that bike that small? It was just... That's an amazing question. <laughs> like, I love everything it, that went into it, that. The, the whole thought process behind that was exceptional. <laughs> it wasn't small. It was a totally normal size motorcycle. Just, yeah. I'm just very, very big. I have also photographs of myself riding around a KZ100. Uh-huh. It is a tiny little cafe racer. Yeah, it's for, a hundred yeah. cc motorcycle. Yeah. That's it, it is smaller than a Vespa. What size wheel was on that? Ten uh, inch or was it? No, a, it was it was full size. For the listeners who are not into motorcycles, it is a very very small bike with an O. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So there are small bikes with an O called Groms. Yes, everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I am tippy toe over those because the seat is so high because these motorcycles are made for men right even though they are small they are still like for men's inseams it's the, like trying to wear men's pants in motorcycle I, form I try to wear men's pants as often as I can but, I generally you know. find that women's pants don't fit me correctly but men's pants do weird yeah I don't know what that, that's I'm not about. as hippie as I apparently women are I don't know so wait wait what part is uncomfortable all of it <laughs> Um, <laughs> like from the second you put your foot in, how many times? Have you, how many times have you tried women's pants on? Well, every once in a while, I accidentally put on Robin's pants because I, I won't realize it. I go grab a pair of pants, put them on, and I'm like, this does not feel right in any way, shape, or form. So, 
Lance can fit my pants on his forearm. <laughs> like if he tried to put his foot in it, it would just go <laughs> rip right in half. Yeah. Uh, there's no way anyone else's clothes go on my body unless I'm puppeteering. <laughs> um, just making a So what I've found is there's several, like, uh, Kawasaki Vulcans used to be very low seated motorcycles because the battery is right below, behind the tank. Yeah, the battery is right behind the tank, and there's a very, very low inseam to the ground. What? Um, what and then additionally, Honda Shadows are very, very low bikes yeah. with a low center of gravity, which makes them very easy to ride. Yeah, I, I the Honda Shadow was what I learned on. That was my training bike. That's the bike I had. I rode when I took the MFS course or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, twenty five years ago. MSF. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Motorcycle safety foundation. Foundation. Wow, we have no idea. No one here knows. Insurance discount. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the insurance discount class. Yes. Yeah, it's. Oh, she's sleeping and making sleepy sounds. But my dog is is doing her whiny, sleepy, noisy th- sound. So we should probably figure out how we sign off on this, uh, this well, journey. Fun. Are we done? Are we done with this yet? We we're doing uh, motorcycle talk, and we've discussed David. Burn. We'll just wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, that was a couple of bad ideas. <laughs> so many bad ideas. <laughs> All right. So, uh, can't wait to hear that. How the, that sounds. In the format, I'm the only one who's going to hear it. <laughs> so, thanks. Is that going to be an outtakes reel? <laughs> <laughs> Just slurping noises. Okay. So, before we sign off, let's discuss our homework. Oh, oh that's a good idea. Homework. So,. What would we like to consume as a media for? <laughs> Your microphone smells so bad. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mark that one. That's yours now. Forever, and ever. <laughs> we can we can swap out the foam inside the little cage. Um, I I deserve all of the smell. <laughs> So homework. Yeah. So let's um, let's decide on uh, what we're going to consume. Uh, is there an album, art piece, installation? So I am, I'm looking for an album to consume that I can listen to to and from work. Okay. Ideally. So we're looking for for music. Well, I, well, for me, that's what I'm looking for. But, I mean, doesn't mean that we have to do something. We have to do that. But I would love to find a piece of artwork, a music that I can listen to or consume on my way to and from work, or something I can do at the office when I have downtime. Are you looking for something uplifting? Are you looking for something contemplative? Are you looking for something to get you ready for something well, or to I think give in, you a it, distraction? I feel like in the nature of this podcast, I'm looking for something uplifting and that provides um, insight into modern culture. So the thing that comes to mind, which is something that's a couple years old, so it doesn't really matter and we've all listened to it, would be like um, Run the Jewels, Don't Speak. 
Okay. Like that kind of a piece was very, you know, while it's political, it's very engaging to current pop culture. Okay. Are either of you familiar with The National? No. Negative. Okay. Then that's a great opportunity for us to listen to something new. Um, my, I have, I have consumed this album in its totality on repeat frequently. Um, it is, it is my most played album of all of last year. Um, and it is the nationals. I am easy to find. And so I think that would be. I think that would be a good album for us to all consume and discuss. And we can go through, you know, the track list next week and um, have a discussion on that. Is that, are you guys interested in that? That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Okay. I don't want to be the one to choose all the time, but. Hey, no, I, I, was, I, I, looked, I was looking for a suggestion. I think that's awesome. Um, do we want to do two pieces for next week? You want to? Do we want to do a television show or a movie or something as well? Something a little bit more long form. Um, let's. We we're going to bring something to share. Uh, so each one of us is going to bring something to share that we found interesting or intriguing or extraordinary that we think the the rest of the group should uh, know about. And so Good. I think that is plenty of content. If we break down an album um, and discuss essentially news or articles, I think that's, I think that's, that's a good, I think that's a great. good format. That works so very well. If you're playing the game or if you're playing along at home, uh, listen to that album, listen to the album. I am easy to find by the national. And Is it the National or the Nationals? The National. Okay. No S. Non-plural. Let me double check. The, what I, genre like, of music is it? Because not that it matters. I just want to... Um, it is listed as indie rock. Uh, that, oh, I'm that a fan of fair. the indie rock. That, that makes me a happy yes, man. Yes, it is The National. I am easy to find. Great. We get some glowing reviews, so... I'm intrigued. Hopefully I have good taste. <laughs> well, we'll you did, you this did is definitely me, not called the Good Taste Podcast. You no. did turn me on to K-Flay, which I have become a an immense fan of K-Flay. To the point that my girlfriend gets tired of me playing K-Flay radio and my my angry woman music, as she calls it at times. Oh, no. I love angry woman music. I do, too. You should check out K-Flay. <laughs> <laughs> you really should. It is very, very I, I good. I have listened to it. At your house. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, and, that would make sense. And yes. did you ever check out Future Islands? No. Okay. Which one is we'll, Future Islands? We'll do that in the Okay, we'll do that, that in the, the future. future. <laughs> um, that in will be that will be a homework at some point in time. Okay. But uh, for next week, the national, national I am easy, easy to, to find. find. We'll discuss that and we'll discuss that then. Fabulous. Excellent. That's great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And always, and as always, the title of our podcast is Thanks for Listening Again This Week. Um, 
We don't know when these are going to come out yet. No, no, we'll no. figure this out. Thanks for hanging on to the adventure with us. We're going to just figure this out along with you. If you've got days you prefer, let us know. Um, er, the first several listeners have an immense amount of power <laughs> over what several, happens. So several much listeners. power. Yes, yeah, so, so much. So much power. Yes. So, so for several hundred have uh, yeah significant influence. So uh, for several two have significant <laughs> influence as well. Every vote counts. But uh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Little.